Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Simsisms by the skin on their nails. Yeah, like I'm gonna say they win, but I think it's gonna be by you know the skin on their nails. Or, or is that what they say? The skin on their nails? Yeah, right. That's what skin they say. Skin of their teeth. Skin, skin of their skin teeth. Their teeth. <laughs> That's what they say. What do they say on the nails? Isn't there something on the nails too? Uh, it'd be know. a nail biter, I guess. That's what I was nail looking biter. for there. Yeah, right. You, you bite the nails with the skin of your teeth. <laughs> exactly. That that's when you know it's going to be close. Simsisms. That was a fun one from last Thursday. The PFTPM Chris Sims Unbuttoned Joint Megapix Podcast. I broke out the hideous but beautiful Viking sweater. That uh, yeah. Possibly. Possibly <laughs> I'll be burning. At some point soon, uh, like a Valhalla funeral. Uh, who knows? All right. Uh, the Vikings may be a team looking for a head coach before too long. The window opens now, right now, 8 a.m. Eastern today, the 28th day of December. For the first time ever, with 12 days left in the regular season, teams with head coaching vacancies or teams who have said to their coaches, you're done when the season is over, they can start requesting permission to interview assistants from other teams. We have vacancies in Las Vegas and Jacksonville. Presumably they'll get started on it. Why not get started on it? Why wouldn't you want to get started on it? Now, you have to have permission from the team that employs the person to be interviewed, but you can't give it selectively. You have to give it to all. If you give it to one, you have to give it to all. And we know that Bruce Arians said yesterday he he hopes that Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich, the defensive and offensive coordinator in, uh, respectively, will draw interest. Sean McDermott, the Bills coach, was talking up his coordinators yesterday, Brian Dayball on offense and Leslie Frazier on defense. And Frazier's been linked to the Jaguars' job, at least from the standpoint of they want to talk to him. Bowles has been linked to the Raiders' job. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But I'm stunned that more teams haven't made the move to create vacancies now because surely there are teams out there that know what they're going to do when the season ends. If you know what you're going to do, if you know you're moving on from the guy you have, why not take advantage of this opportunity to start interviewing candidates, Chris? That's what is uh, kind of surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, we'll see as the day plays out whether that happens. You're right. I would think that teams want to get, you know, 
some sort of jump start on the process and and you know be the leader in the clubhouse to kind of get the head start on the guys that are in the the most wanted I, I guess that's the greatest advantage you get is just hey let's let's not wait for some of these other teams that are still kind of evaluating their situations we know we're making the move we know there's going to be a small pot of guys that are going to be the really hot commodities that's where you can gain your gain your advantage there you know that's you're right and i don't know where that goes now i know we have some guys here that are probably still you know on the fence as far as their owners are trying to decide whether like i'm not sure so that's probably plays into this a little bit but you know the raiders like you said yeah maybe in that type of you know conversation or we can we can say they're one of those teams but at the same time in the middle of a a playoff race here right now and not out of it. So they don't want to upset, you know, the, the upset issues on the football team right now. They're trying to hold hope that they can somehow get in. So there's, you know, some weird scenarios out there right now to where I think that's where it's just maybe a little different than some years as far as not sure what we're going to do or we're still in the playoff hunt or, you know, those type of things that, that might limit some of this uh, as, as far as that goes. But I really don't think conducting virtual interviews with potential candidates for a job that is clearly going to be a, a subject of a search. You can't just hand it to Rich Bisaccia. You can't just hire him. You have to do a full-blown inclusive search. And there are more boxes to check now than ever. Why not get started on it? It's not. If anything, maybe it makes Rich Bisaccia more determined. Well, and that gets to a right. point that, that you made about some of these other coaches. Because Shereen Williams and I last night on PFTPM were trying to figure this out, and it dawned on me, maybe some of these owners want to see what these guys do with maximum sure. heat. right. You got two games left. Right. And with, with, with more riding on them than you will ever have. Your job literally depends on what you do these next two weeks. Let's see what you do. And either you get confirmation that we're making the right move, getting rid of this guy, or you say... Hey, I kind of like cut of his jib in these in these situations where his job is riding on it. Look, I don't know that that is the best way to make your decisions, but again, dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things, and I could see a dysfunctional team thinking that maybe we'll wait and see what happens these next two weeks because maybe that'll change my mind, even if I already have a strong lean in one direction. I, I think that could be very real. I mean, I think when you take in like maybe the Raiders and where they're at and their team continues to fight and some of the adversity, hey, maybe there is still hope there. That, hey, Rich Masaccia, there's a lot to like about him and that guy, you know, as far as what he can do, how he handles the team, how he's handled some of this adversity. Their team continues to play hard. I mean – was kind of dominant in the Broncos win the other day there. So I, I, you know, again, I could see that being part of, part of the process here, as far as just like, let's kind of evaluate it for what it is here down the stretch and see what, what happens, you know, now with a situation like Matt Nagy, that's one where I'd go, I don't know. It seems to be like the writings on the wall there to a degree that, you know, most circles or people you talk to in the NFL seem to think that that's, that's going to happen when the year's over, that they're going to let Matt Nagy go, that would be one where I'd go, well, then maybe that should be a team I can understand maybe getting the jump start. You know what you're going to do. Uh, that's where it totally makes sense. But, you know, I think there's a few of these other ones that, yeah, probably are in the ev evaluation phrase like you're talking about. Something just occurred to me about the Bears. Here's a reason for them to not yeah. get a jump start on interviewing coaches. 
because the people who would be doing the interviews may be gone too. That that's that, look that that's the other reality we have to consider. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If Ryan Pace and Ted Phillips, the GM and the president of the team, will be gone, why waste your time subjecting? Candidates to interviews with people who aren't going to be there making the decision as to who ultimately the next coach will be. And we're going to go hire a team president and hire a general manager, and they will be working in concert to vet the candidates and hire our next coach. So there's no benefit whatsoever to getting a head start because we got a lot more work to do than just rip off the band aid of a head coach and go looking for our next one. So that could be a reason, a big yeah, reason, yeah. why the Bears aren't moving quickly uh, because bigger changes are, are coming for that team. As to Jacksonville, and you mentioned, you know, the top candidates are going to be out there, and we, we know the short list every year. In Jacksonville, what they reportedly will do, this is from NFL Media last night, Trent Bauke, who was kind of right place at the right time last year. He was part of the Dave Caldwell staff when Caldwell was the GM. Caldwell's out. Balky's the interim GM. Urban Meyer becomes hired as the coach. There were a couple of people that Meyer was considering to be the GM who would be basically working for Meyer. Meyer settled on Balky. Now Meyer's out, and Balky emerges as the king. Sort of. He's staying, according to NFL media. He will be the GM assisting with the search, but also he'll be there afterward with a direct line of reporting to Shad Khan, the owner of the team. The coach will have his own direct line of reporting to Shad Khan. And what this does as a practical matter, it limits your universe of coaches who will take that job. You are tying the hands of the coach on the way in to the extent that the coach is going to want to have power over personnel. He's not going to have it. So, you know what? Maybe he's going to be inclined to go somewhere where he does. I mean, I would think of Josh McDaniels, who's at the point where he could make some demands if he's the guy who's at the top of the list. He's been linked to that Jaguars job. Is he going to want to be in a situation where there's a separate entity, a separate person who's responsible for personnel, who reports directly to the owner, and you report directly to the owner? It's kind of a weird situation. And if I'm going to do that in Jacksonville... I'm blowing it all up and I'm hiring a GM. I'm hiring a VP of football operations. And I'm saying, you folks hire the coach. Not this weird situation where the guy who just happened to be left over from the last regime is going to work with me as the owner to find a coach who may not be inclined to come here because he doesn't want to work with Balky. It's just, again, dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things, and this is kind of dysfunctional. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Again, I, I don't know if I look at it as dysfunctional. I don't. I What's Balky done to, be the, to earn that job of GM in Jacksonville? I, I, What's he done? Well, Give me one thing he's done. Didn't he build a team that went to the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl? I mean, they were dominant. No, I mean, I mean in Jacksonville. Okay, in Jacksonville. well, yeah, that, he just uh, got there. I got it. It's early. I, I understand. You know, I mean, I I understand you're you're questioning that. He, he was not, there with Caldwell. I'm not disagreeing. I know he, he kind of lucked into this. Fired. He lucked into this. There's no doubt. I'm not. But like, That's lucked my point. into it with. I I get it that way. But lucked into it with some back history of going. Whoa! Did he build one of like the most physically impressive football teams? In the last 15 years, yeah, the 49ers were like, uh, you've heard me talk about them. It was like one uh, one Greek god after another when they walked off the bus in 2011 and 2012. I mean, that, that that's one of the greater teams in NFL, in at least recent NFL history, not to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and that, that's the shame of that team. I mean, it was stars everywhere. They were beasts. But 
to this point, you're right. I understand that. I'm just saying I don't look at it as totally dysfunctional. We see GMs in place a lot of the times and hire the head coach. You know, and we also know that I think there's very few head coaches that are even or are, are, are gonna be first time head coaches who are really even capable of going, wait, I wanna be the head coach and control the roster. You know, that that's that's a very short list there. So, you know, again, uh, I understand your point, but I don't think it's going to completely limit them. There's only 32 of these jobs out there, and you're still going to get top-notch assistants who are going to want that job and want that opportunity. And I think Trent Baalke's got enough respect out there for people to know he knows what he's doing for the most part. Depends on who you talk to. Don't talk to Jim Harbaugh about Trent Baalke, although don't talk to Chris Sims about Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, don't. So I the, mean, you know, well, the chain don't gets talk longer to, longer. Yeah, I mean, of it course was Jim totally Harbaugh dysfunctional. would say that. Yeah. It was Totally yeah. dysfunctional between Balky and Harbaugh when they were together. When is it in not dysfunctional with Jim Harbaugh? Totally when dysfunctional. Is it not? Only when he's king at Michigan. <laughs> hey, Every time I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind yeah, of working well, right now you, for him in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, it's working hey. out finally. Year six of the greatest program ever. I mean, okay, great. You know, he can have his issues with Trent Balky all he wants. What did he not like? Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis, Vernon Davis, Frank Gore. I mean, uh, Pro Bowls all over the offensive line. You know, great safeties. I mean, what, what did he not like about what he did there? What I didn't like was the fact that his offense had four plays, I, and that's why he, they couldn't he, win Frank, big games. Frank Gore, Frank Gore is not on the Trent Baalke resume. Yes, he worked for the team, but he was their Western Region scout. Frank Gore, uh, I, I, I I'm think he was the team already was plenty was very talented, and he still made a lot right. of great draft picks and did. Alden Smith now, was pretty good at the time. They were stacked. If I yeah, if if I recall correctly, though. It was kind of an Urban Meyer situation when Harbaugh got that job in San Francisco where Balky was already there. He had he had survived after Scott McLuhan yep. left. They interviewed a smattering of other guys after I believe this happened after Harbaugh was hired as head coach, just like with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Like the, the, here's our coach, here's our guy, who's going to be his table setter from a personnel standpoint. We've got Balky. They interviewed like Mike Lombardi and a couple of other guys, and they ended up giving it to Balky. But it, it's, I think it was a similar dynamic as to how he became the GM of the 49ers. My, my point is this. If you have candidates that you covet and they have options, yeah, I got you, you. Have, you have potentially put yourself in a spot where they're going to look at your job in Jacksonville and say, I'm not interested in having... That, you know, because maybe maybe there's a GM out there that sure. I would want to try to to recruit, and we we're a package deal, and we work together. It it doesn't just have to be a coach who wants to take over. I just think having this in place could be a factor in limiting the Jaguars' options. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I was surprised I that they're you. that they're willing to go that far at this point and make it clear that Balky stays no matter who the head coach is. And you know what? Maybe maybe Shad Khan reserves the right to change his mind. Maybe there's somebody he decides he has to have and he's willing to not stick with Balky. Uh, that, that, that wouldn't be an impossibility either if there's a guy that Khan really, really likes. Although I think Khan needs to recognize that the last guy he really, really liked was Urban Meyer. So maybe he needs to... Yeah. I mean, he, he needs to be a little more sure about who he really, really likes. The, the, like, again, like, you know, even with like some of these that we're talking about here and, you know, you and I know rules kind of with free agency and stuff kind of get bent all the time or in coaching searches. You know, I, we still got a coach, but we're reaching out to talk to, you know, in the era of Zoom calls here and that. 
I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, again, I think some of these teams, like, you know, again, maybe whoever you want to talk about, uh, the Bears, you know, maybe maybe Jacksonville, whoever, who's to say that they won't just interview some of these guys, you know, via Zoom or something of that nature just to go and get a head start and kind of get a feel for it. You know, these coaches, I don't think are going to tattletale. They want these jobs. So they're, if they're told to keep it quiet, they will. I, th- I, th- I think they will. They know. I mean, hey, you don't want to, you know, piss off an owner before you even got a job in the NFL as a head coach. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked to, to hear some of those rumors kind of percolate here over the next week either. The Zoom calls happening on the burner phones, I guess that's possible. Usually where the communications occur, they're back channels from people not in the express positions of authority with the teams, talking to the agent or someone else close to the coach, and that's how you gauge interest before you begin the formal dance. But I'd like to think the Jaguars have an idea after a couple of weeks without Urban Meyer where they are looking, what they want. But again, at the end of the day, and this is what I love about the NFL, one of the many things I love about it, you've got these folks who own the teams who aren't football people, who think it's easy, who think they can figure it out, who are making these hires, and... Is it a coincidence that the Jaguars have made a string of not great hires in the 10 years that Shad Khan has owned the team? So he's going to try to turn that around. One of the big questions out there is what's going to happen in Seattle. Yeah. Let's hear from Pete Carroll as we assess whether or not he should be back for yet another year with the team. Here's Carroll from yesterday making what, what could be a pitch directly to owner Jody Allen to stay the course. And I'm not for not for one reason at all. Am I thinking that uh, we have to we have to re, restart this whole thing and, and create a new philosophy and a new approach and all that? Yeah. I don't think that. I think we've got the essence of the things that we need. We got to build on them. We got to support it better, and we got to continue to grow and progress. I, there's they no standing still, but there's the foundation for doing things. Yeah, look, I don't know. Some Seahawks fans would say it's time to blow it up and start over, but, you know, it's not like that's going to be a quick and easy fix either. There is no quick and easy fix to this team, but they have to figure out how many steps backward they're going to take before they start taking steps forward. Will there be a new quarterback in Russell Wilson? And I think the timeline is very simple. They make a decision about the coach. That's the first job, obviously. If there's a new coach, there's a chance that the new coach is a guy that Russell Wilson says, hey, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I, I will consent to a trade to the Seahawks, and I will stay here with this new coach. Um, so I think the dust settle has to settle on who the coach is going to be before we even get to the point where we figure out where Russell Wilson's going to be. But, you know, that that's the question that I think only Jody Allen knows the answer to at this point. Is a major change looming with both pick? Pete Carroll and general manager John Schneider, because they're kind of tied together. I don't think it's one guy stays and one guy goes, Chris. I think if if one's gone, both are gone, and they start over with a new GM and a new head coach. I, I don't doubt that. I don't. And, you know, listen, I think you got to throw in Russell Wilson in that mix, too. I think this is part of the equation. You know, this is a tough one. You know, it is. I mean, first off, I feel like kind of weird and going like we're even talking about this with Pete Carroll. I mean, he's, I mean, he's been dominating football here for the last, you know, 10, 12 years. And they were 12-4 and four last year. I know it's not been great. You know, listen, there's a part of me that goes, eh, maybe it's run its course and maybe it is time for Seattle to have a change and Pete Carroll to have a change. Maybe. You know, there's a part of me that certainly sees the logic in that. You know, when Pete Carroll says hey, there's a base and a foundation of that, I want to kind of go like, eh, 
to a degree, I'm not sure. What is the base of the foundation? Tell me. I don't really know. It's an offensive line that's still kind of all over the place. You know, there's some good things that their defense in front seven. There's a few young guys that are good, you know, but not superstars. You know, so there's a lot of things I think are still questionable about, you know, the roster and the team where I would disagree with kind of what Pete said there. You know, so that's where I kind of go back and forth. But I, that's where I think the Russell Wilson thing comes into play here, too. I do. You know, from all accounts, it sounds like Seattle is going to have money to spend next year. Like, I think their salary cap is in a pretty good spot for 2022. You know, you, you then now trade a Russell Wilson and get some assets from that. You know, maybe you can turn this thing around if you can convince ownership like, hey, I'm not I'm not looking at like, oh, this is my last two or three years. I'm Pete Carroll and I'm going to be chewing gum and running up and down the sideline for five or six more years. If he can sell that to ownership and that, you know, again, I'm not against it. I mean, Pete Carroll is still, hey, they, they dealt with some issues. Russell Wilson missed some games this year that totally threw them out of, out of rhythm. I don't look at the Seahawks and just go, oh, man, it's just dysfunctional. They're not good. They got issues, and they got work to do, but I don't know if I feel like Pete fire Pete Carroll is the right thing to do either. Maybe maybe I'm getting co-hosts mixed up because I know there is one guy in particular who will constantly rail on the Seattle I, that's offense. That's where I how will go. Imagine yeah. if it is. Right. No, but at some point, Pete Carroll's responsible I, for that because he keeps hiring these these guys that run the basic meat and potatoes yes, offense that doesn't it. have the creativity, doesn't get the ball into the hands of the best players, doesn't take advantage of Russell Wilson. The, the strategy is, and again, I can't remember which co-host this is, who says, keep it close until the fourth yeah. quarter when you're down 10 points and Hey, I say, hey, Russell, come save our ass today. I, I know. Think that, I think that's the quote. It, it is. It is. Listen, that's where I go. That that I would file that under. You know, maybe it's time for you know him to move on. And you know, yes, there's some adjustments he's got to make if for a next job or whatever. Yeah, it drives me crazy that way. It does, and that's where I'm saying it's a tough decision. Obviously, you know what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball is influenced by Pete Carroll. Period. I mean that that's out the window now. I mean I don't care how many how many guys we're gonna bring in before we just go. Well, it's basically the same offense we had with the other guy. There's nothing that really changed. So obviously he's involved in that and has is gonna have to change to a degree. That's why I kind of was saying the Russell Wilson thing. I think is a major part of this here. You know I I, I for sure whether I don't know what to do with Pete Carroll. Like I said. He's certainly got enough pelts on his horse to sit here and go, wait, you're going to fire me? What? Like, after all this, and I was 12-4 and four and won the division just last year? You know, the, the, that does seem crazy when you say it at a base level. But, yes, there's questions about the team. The offense hasn't changed, and you got a quarterback that we know is not happy. He could say all he wants, and that's where I just think, yeah, Russell's a part of this equation, and I don't see them coexisting oh. next year, that's for sure. And that's the thing. If they hold out any hope whatsoever of keeping Russell Wilson, that's where they got to do what they you're need saying. a new coach. Yeah, I got you. And they need a I coach know. that Russell right. Wilson wants to play for. Now, does that mean they should let Russell Wilson pick the coach? No, it's a delicate balance to strike. But yeah. Jody Allen has to ask herself, what's my priority here? That's right. If if this town isn't big enough for both Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson at this point, and I got to pick one or the other, who am I picking? And there's a chance if she preliminarily picks Russell Wilson, she still ends up with neither. And, and neither may, is clearly a better option right now than both. And it may be a better option than keep Pete and let Russ cook elsewhere. So, you know, when you look at the flow chart, when you look That's at right. how this can yeah. all play out, 
may, 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 the ideal option is, I believe, potentially, hire a coach that, that makes Russ want to stay. Option two, new coach, Russ wants to leave anyway, but we move forward with a, a new beginning. And then the worst case scenario uh, would be have neither. Uh, and or keep Pete and not Russ. I guess that would be worse than having a new coach, potentially, if she really wants major change. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. And, hey, we say this all the time with Mike Tomlin, Super Bowl winning coach. If he gets fired, he's going to land somewhere else right away. Going to be fascinating to see what happens if Pete Carroll becomes available with some of these other teams that are out there. And there's a team in Minnesota that once upon a time, a guy named Bud Grant, was lobbying for Pete Carroll to be the head coach of that team. And you, you look over, now, not that, not that Pete, because coaches, you know, the teams when they hire new coaches look for the exact opposite of what they have. I think there's too much similarity between Pete Carroll and Mike Zimmer for him to be the answer there. But you look at some of these other teams, uh, Pete Carroll could become very attractive for a short term, five year thing. He's very spry. He's, he's, he seems like he's ready to coach into his 80s. Uh, maybe it's a 10-year thing. Yeah. But I'll be, I'll be very interested to see one of these other teams, if he's available, do they make a play for Pete Carroll? I, I, I would think so. You know, again, I mean, like, you just you look at first off his resume. I mean, in 2010 and 2011, 7-9 and 7-9. And then it's 11-5, 13-3, 12-4, 10-6, 10-5. and, six, 10 and five. 10, 5, and 1, excuse me, 9 and 7, 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 12 and 4, and then 5 and 10 this year, which I know is not good. But damn, you know, that's where I say it, it is a tough one. And then ownership's going to have to figure out what route they want to go. Because you certainly could justify, like, hey, Pete's done great here. It's a little frustrating with the offense, yes, but he's done great. And we're, we're going to stay the course with him because we think he can kind of rebuild and get this team back and, and, you know, give us another five year push. Or do they just say, hey, hey, Pete, it's been great. We're sick of this style of play. We want to make it all about Russ and be more of a high-flying, high-wire act on that side of the ball. That's what they're going to have to figure out because I think it's one or the other. You know, and, and like to your point or your question with Pete Carroll too, like when I think about Pete Carroll and like places that make sense, like to me, Jacksonville – makes uh, that Pete Carroll would be the perfect guy to finally go down there and get that organization on the right track, except for one thing. Yeah. We're not sure you want him to develop your young quarterback and do the same, right? That's the problem, right? That's the first thing you thought of. Everything else you'd go, wait, that guy makes sense. He'll kind of get that organization back in the right place and teach the cons and everything to go like, hey, this is how you run an organization. But the young quarterback thing is like, hey, young quarterback with Pete Carroll run the ball between the tackles and play the defense. Ah, that's not good. And that's where, you know, that, that would be a tough situation. You know one that came to mind for me where yeah. maybe they just throw him and Schneider the keys. If Schneider goes too and they take their show to a new city, how about Chicago? Uh, I, Chicago is the next team I was going to bring up there. I just was rambling. That's another one I'd look you got, at. You got, a young, you got yeah. a young quarterback there too. Right. But – but maybe more conducive to the offense that Pete that would want to run. run. Yeah. And you could you could draw some parallels back to the early Seahawks years under Pete Carroll. Yeah, and we know how they love their defense yes. in Chicago. Yes. Uh mm, man. That's another but, one. It, it definitely fits that mold of what you're saying in Jacksonville there. You're exactly right. Like, hey, yeah. we can get a guy here that you know, yeah, it might not be for 10 years. It might be five or six or whatever, but he can get us kind of going on the right track here again and get the organization all on the same page. Uh, I'm, I hear you there. Uh, there's no doubt. Or maybe he could sell to ownership like, hey, I'm going to 
change my offensive view here. I don't know if he really will do that. That's the million-dollar question, but I think it's a good thought, Mike. I, I, my head definitely went there, too. Let me mention Vic Fangio very briefly. He's the Broncos coach who's under contract for one more year. He said yesterday he's absolutely not worried about his status. He could be gone. He could be back. The team was better this year than we thought they would be. The big factor there, though, is there's a widespread expectation that the team will be sold next year. This tenuous ownership situation has lingered for like a decade now. It has to end. The NFL is forcing it to end because there has to be one person. The NFL is insisting that every franchise has one person who's in charge, and the Broncos have not had that. So it's either going to be one of the children of Pat Bolin, but that only happens if they all get on the same page or they buy out the holdouts, which is not going to be cheap, or they just sell the whole team. So if you're going to potentially sell the team, and that's currently the direction the wind is blowing, why do you want to go out and hire a new coach and make a big multi-million dollar commitment for five years and $70 million, whatever the going rate's going to be, and then tie the hands of your new owner? Because your new owner's going to look at that and say, you've committed us to $70 million over the next five years. I'm taking that off the purchase price. See ya, that's gone. So I think given the status of the franchise right now, it actually makes sense to keep Fangio for one more year. He's got one year left under his contract. Then the new ownership can figure out what to do come 2023. And he's done enough this year and could do even more if they go out and get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. With Fangio running the defense and that defense improving all the time, they could be a a force next year with Fangio as the head coach. Agreed. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about their team and roster. You're right. I mean, this year they stayed in the thick of things, had some you know, injuries to some big-time receivers that kind of hurt their football team a little bit. And, you know, again, yeah, the million, you know, things have all gone kind of in the right direction other than one thing, quarterback. That's just that, – that's, that's the thing they got to figure out. And you're right. I mean, Fangio, I think as they continue to get the right pieces on their, like, defensive front, you know, and build, and, of course, they're going to have the draft picks from the Von Miller trade – no, I, I I I think it's totally justifiable, regardless of the situation, to say we're going to keep Vic Fangio. You know, but they got to get the quarterback situation figured out. That that's a real thing. There's no doubt about that, and that's the the biggest issue in their franchise, in my opinion, right now. Last one, real briefly. I know you have strong feelings about this. The report from over the weekend: Joe Judge will be back yeah. as coach of the Giants. Daniel Jones back on the roster doesn't mean he'll be the starting quarterback look it's like a four million dollar guaranteed compensation package for next year that's a that's a very reasonably priced backup in today's NFL if they do make a move for someone else so it doesn't mean Jones is going to be the guy but you've already committed to paying him the money may as well keep him around but you know there's been no pushback on the reporting from NFL media that Dave Gettleman is going to be out Um, But you do put yourself in a position where now you need to go find a GM who is all in with Joe Judge. And and this is the reality that the Maras have their fingerprints all over this team. They are basically Jerry and Stephen Jones between John Mara, Chris Mara, and there's another nephew who's involved in personnel. They're not as open and notorious as the Joneses. But they're running the show. And, you know, they got their guy in-house, Kevin Abrams. People think he's going to get bumped up to BGM. I don't know how that solves the personnel issues when one of the guys who was, you know, right-hand man for Dave Gettleman while they're making all these personnel mistakes is the answer. But that's really going to be the key, Chris. Finding someone who's going to make the team better, who's going to be happy to have Joe Judge as the head coach. And you do narrow your options yeah. if you've decided preemptively that Judge is staying. No doubt about it. They do. You know, it's that's where I you know, I know we had this conversation a few weeks ago where I, you know, and yeah, it's it's a weird situation. It's not ideal. 
You know, the Maras, definitely. Yeah, you're right. They're running the football team 100%. You know, they're loyal to a fault maybe at times. Okay, yeah. You know, but I think there's real belief in Joe Judge there. I do. And I think there's a lot of still belief in Daniel Jones. I, I think they're realistic enough to know, hey, they, they Dave Gettleman, have, have missed on, you know, building or making the proper moves to put the right support system around Daniel Jones or, or Joe Judge. But, like, you know, I, I think, again, it's probably going to come down to finding a GM that, yeah, you're right, has got – I think they're going to try to find somebody within that framework anyways, that New Englandy type of framework – to run, you know, the roster and be that guy that fits with kind of Joe Judge already, and I think that's probably where they want to go with the organization. Um, but as far as Daniel Jones is concerned, yeah, he's on the roster, like you said. But I don't know if a Russell Wilson falls in their lap or somebody else that's a, you know, highly touted free agent. Would I put it past them to not make that move or make that move? No, no, not at all. I mean, I could see them going if they finally got that guy. I went, oh, wait, this we like Daniel Jones, but this is the guy. Like, we, we really got something here. I could see them pulling the trigger on that. But, you know, again, you know I'm a defender of Joe Judge, and I, I, I'm, I'm happy they're going to stay with him. Hey, one thing we always say, the general managers out there come through the door with a list of yes, coaches right. that they would like to work with, and it is honed by experience, knowledge, research. They scout coaches. They scout players. They scout coaches. And they know who they want their coach to be when they finally get the GM job. The challenge now is to find someone who will truthfully say that Joe Judge is a guy on my list. Because the reality is if they go with someone external – who wants that job, just like coaches sometimes do with quarterbacks. Yeah, sure, I'll work with him. And then, you know, in a year or two, it falls apart. They need to find somebody who can truthfully say, here's my list. It's laminated. I carry it around everywhere I go. There's Joe Judge right at the top of it. I'm your guy. I'm your match for this gig. And that's that's what they need to do. We need to take a break. We still got plenty more to talk about. And we will continue the conversation, including one of the lingering issues that is still wafting around the NFL after the Bengals-Ravens game on Sunday. We'll talk about that next here on PFT Live. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All 
All right, notable players added to the COVID-19 reserve list on Monday where 96 players tested positive, the biggest total ever. And really not a surprise because here we are a few days after Christmas gatherings and the problem is getting worse. Teams are trying to just kind of hold it all together to get to the finish line of the season. But there is a glimmer of hope thanks to a belated Christmas gift from the CDC, which is reducing the minimum quarantine time from 10 days to five days. Wow. Reportedly, the NFL and the NFLPA ready to change their protocols to embrace the CDC revised guidelines, which would mean, which would mean, presume, I mean, I, I, I don't think this is a huge leap of logic to take the current protocol and adjust it from 10 to 5. If you're unvaccinated and you test positive, you're gone for five days instead of 10. And if you're vaccinated and you test positive, you're back in five days, regardless of whether or not you otherwise get clearance before the five days expires for you to return. So that's going to get guys back faster. And that's going to be a huge, huge factor as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. It looks like we're not going to be able to control the number of guys who land on the list, but we are going to see them come back faster the moment the NFL and the NFLPA adopt that rule, Chris. Yeah, good to hear. Good to hear that you know these teams are going to have some little more wiggle room as far as players available to them. And yeah, you know. You know, again, you know, you get you get that player who might come into Monday facility and have some symptoms or whatever else. He's been vaccinated. Yeah, that's great. You're going to get him back by Sunday, so that's awesome. But you know, yeah, I'm happy to see CDC adjusted these guidelines. You know, obviously, I guess what there's evidence there that you don't shed that much virus after five days. Is that basically what they've come to the determination of there? And uh, it's good because again, like we talked about to start the show, I don't want to see compromised. Uh, competition out there and I don't want to see teams less than and I don't want to see it affect our season or our playoffs so uh, hopefully this takes a little pressure off of everybody hey and as I said earlier the fact that there is such a focus now on the symptomatic players being identified through positive tests uh, I think there must be a lot of players who are asymptomatic currently. So this is going to continue. 476 players have been added to the list in the last two weeks. That's over 20% of the league when you include the practice squads. That is a lot, and I don't see it subsiding. Let's take a break. We'll have more PFT Live for you right after this. Why's she crying? Why's she crying? Oh, because she, you got a ball and she didn't. Oh, she need a ball? She needs a ball. Let's find her ball. Jimmy, I can get a ball. Hey, let me get one. Let me, let me get one. Mason, Mason. You welcome. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Cordell Patterson coming through there. The little girl wanted the ball, and she got the ball. Reminds me of the old video of the the guy who was trying to get the puck to the girl at the hockey game, and he kept throwing him over, and like her brother and friends kept snatching it, and they finally made sure that the girl got the puck. All right, uh, goats in a bad way, Christopher. Week 16, your favorite segment of the week. Oh, 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 we got a trivia question. Here we go. After Ian Book's defeat last night, Notre Dame quarterbacks have lost 24 straight starts in the NFL. Who was the last Notre Dame quarterback to win an NFL start? Wow. I got to think it's Brady Quinn. Play the horns. With the Chiefs back in 2012, Brady Quinn gets the victory. That must have been late in the year after 
Todd Haley was fired and Romeo Cornell took over in 2012. Was that 2012? Or no, 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 no. That wasn't. That no. was a 11 when Haley got fired. Anyway, you win. You get it right. You got the first pick. All right. Well, I guess um, uh, I'll lead off with Baker Mayfield and, you know, some of the, you know, four interceptions. And again, the last one I'll say, he kind of got screwed over. I do think of his defensive pass interference. But either way, you know, three interceptions in the first half, Christmas Day, big game. Again, we've talked about Cleveland so many times. It's just like, can they consistently rely on their pass game in Baker Mayfield week after week, game after game? And that's iffy with Baker Mayfield at times. It is. He's got talent. He can make some throws where you go, wow, and all that. But it's still all over the place. And the first half of the game the other day was all over the place. You know, they showed they were definitely capable of competing and if not beating the Green Bay Packers. But... You know, you give Aaron Rodgers and company the short field that many times early on in the football game and don't give your offense opportunities and give away points right there where you're kind of in field goal range, yeah, you're going to lose the game. So goat in a bad way goes to Baker Mayfield. I mean, those are some bad interceptions right there. I feel bad for the guy because he was on COVID reserve. He had practice. He flew separately to Green Bay. But you know what? If you're going to suit up and play, you got to be ready to go. And he wasn't ready to go with the four interceptions. I'm going to go Jimmy G. We talked about him earlier in the program. Yeah, he has the thumb injury. It happened after the first interception. Both were ugly. Both were impactful. Both held back the 49ers from a game that they could have won. And uh, Jimmy G., my number one choice for goat in a bad way. Yeah, I, I, it's a good one. I mean, yes, he cost him the football game, plain and simple. There's no other way around that. Next, I mean, here it is, just to revisit it. I mean, there you are, controlling the game. I mean, absolute control, dominating, and to throw an interception like that or miss these points here, which is another guaranteed. I mean, walk in touchdown, walk in. And then, of course, this interception that leads to a touchdown for the Tennessee Titans. So a lot of plays left on the board. My next one, I'm gonna go to like uh, I'm gonna go to the Jacksonville offensive coaches, Daryl Bevel, that group right there for the way they managed the end of the game against the Jets the other day. All right, they get all the way down there on the goal line with a chance to score late in the football game. They throw a pass, right? Okay, first off, they throw a pass on first down that's short of the end zone. Where you go, what are you doing? You got no timeouts. You got to throw the ball in the end zone. Second down, guess what they do? They do it again. And it should have been intercepted, but the ball went through C.J. Mosley's hands and Marvin Jones caught the ball. And now on third down with 19 seconds left, they decide to spike it. 19 seconds, you could still call a play, throw a play, and have it. Horrible management. They get nothing, obviously. So I guess I'll go with Daryl Bevel as my goat in a bad way there. Yeah, I don't think he has to worry about becoming the permanent head coach no. of the Jacksonville Jaguars as a result of the interview process. I'm going to go with Cliff Kingsbury, another coach, mm-hmm. the Cardinals coach. This team is in a free fall right now. They have lost four straight home games, three straight games overall. They were getting a, a lucky break with a Colts team ravaged by COVID. And it just, I don't know what's wrong with the Cardinals now. They've lost it. And now they're going to walk into a buzzsaw on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. Now that the Cowboys have rediscovered their offensive swagger, this could be a reverse of what we saw last year on a Monday night when the Cardinals just rolled up the Cowboys, Chris. So it's not looking good for the Cardinals now. I think they could finish 10-7. and I really do. Yeah. It would be something. And Cliff Kingsbury can end up back on the hot seat. He was coach of the year a few weeks ago. He could be back on the hot seat by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, well, you know, you lose four out of six, and like some of those to teams where you go, what? You lost to the Panthers by 34 to 10, you know, a little more than a month ago. 
You lost to the Lions, you know, and not didn't lose, like got dominated. Dominated by the Lions. Yeah, that's not a good look. They are falling apart there. There's no doubt. There's some concern there in, in, in Arizona for sure. One more round to go for the Goats in a Bad Way from Week 16. We'll do that next year on PFT Live. All right, one more round. Goats in a Bad Way, Week 16. There are the first two. Christopher, you're up. All right, well... Man, this is a tough one I, I, because the, the Seahawks are on my mind a little bit. I mean, the Chargers defense to a degree. I guess I guess if I'm going to throw one here, I'm going to throw it out. I'm going to make Big Ben go in a bad way. All right. And just from this. Oh, poor Ben. I know. I feel bad. But I guess it's just the way they start the game. It kind of set the attitude. The fact of, hey, the Chiefs go down, score a touchdown. You're Big Ben. You know, you're supposed to realize the animal in which you're playing here. The Kansas City Chiefs at home. Defense has kind of been on fire. You know you can't make mistakes as a football team if you want to win. And you call a flea flicker and you just throw it like the guy's wide open. And before you blink an eye or even break a sweat, you're down 14 nothing on the road to Kansas City. Night-night. Game's over. Bye-bye. I, I guess All that's right. where I look at it, and that's just a bad one there. Night-night, bye-bye to Mike Zimmer. It's just a matter of time before he's out in Minnesota. Justin Jefferson came out after the game when they lost to the Rams on Sunday. And they didn't blow a lead on Sunday because they never had a lead. Jefferson said the energy wasn't there in the first half. That's an indictment of the coaching staff. And there have been too many occasions this year where the Vikings lose focus, they fall flat, and they fall apart. And usually it happens late in the game. This time around it happened early in the game. You got everything in front of you. You got a home crowd. You got the Rams coming to town. If you can't get your team up for that game, you got a problem. And I think the Vikings have many problems, Chris, and it's just a matter of time before they're going to be looking for a new coach. Yeah, you're probably right, Mike. Zimmer's had a good run, but it seems like it's kind of leaning that way. That's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Have a great Tuesday. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.